0: United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Keith Mines is director of the Latin America program at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Here for a little uh, bit of a recap of the Summit of the Americas. Keith, welcome back. Great. Good to be here. Thank you, Julie. So there is some uh, very skeptical reporting on this suggesting that, that, this, that what Biden got out of it was a taste of, of America's decline. Well, uh, I mean, I'll let the summit uh, speak for itself. It, 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 that's not exactly fair. There was a lot of controversy <clears throat> going into the summit. Um, and the, the organization on the U.S. side could have been much better. The, um, the selection of the city for the summit was only done in January. The invites got out a little bit late uh, in May, actually quite late. <clears throat> so there was some organizational things that were uh, that, that could have been better. Um, so there's legitimate criticism there. There was a lot of controversy on the way in, and it mostly revolved around the question of <clears throat> who should come to the summit, and who, who uh, gets invited. This is the ninth summit of the Americas, the second time the U.S. has hosted it. <clears throat> we hosted the first one and then this one. Um, back in 1994. But part of the the summit process has always been support for the Democratic Charter, which is something that came out of the summit, the Democratic Charter of the Americas. So the the question of whether to to invite Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela was looming the whole time. And uh, in the end, the United States did not invite them. And then out of solidarity with them, a couple of other states uh, did not attend. And then some uh, spent sent lower representation, so that was kind of something that was got a lot of controversy and a lot of the press on the way in. Um, but coming out of it, I would I would actually argue that there's a number of deliverables that are kind of standard uh, fair for this kind of a gathering and, mm-hmm. and, and came out of it kind of worthwhile. All right, uh, can we hear about those? Sure. I mean, the, the, we went into the, the summit, the U.S. went into it with this theme of building a sustainable, resilient, and equitable future. So that's kind of, there's always these these bold uh, kind of titles for these things. Uh, but, you know, coming into the summit, we've got a lot going on in the hemisphere. We were just coming out of COVID, which hit the hemisphere uh, harder than any other part of the world. China making inroads uh, across the hemisphere that the United States is he is trying to match. <clears throat> We've got multiple migration crises. It's no longer just uh, Central Americans uh, coming through Mexico to the United States. There's a there's a, a huge Haitian crisis now, and then of course the Venezuelan migration crisis across the hemisphere. And there's these looming big questions about the uh, the neoliberal economic model. Is that still the right model for the for the hemisphere? There's kind of a pink wave now of uh, of elections that are going uh, to the left. So there's a lot to work on. Uh, there's things; th- these are things that can't be worked on in isolation. Uh, the question of Latin America in the priority list of the administration—I think Latin America, for almost every administration, unfortunately, is lower than it should be. Uh, but that's not to say that, it's, that there's nothing going on, and not to say that, uh, that nothing is, is, uh, is achieved. So, you know, the process of these things is always the same. There's these high-level goals and declarations and ideals that are set out. And then there's a scramble for uh, deliverables. So that's the the mid-level diplomats across the hemisphere that get to work and everybody's trying to figure out what do we deliver. And on the U.S. side, of course, that's a, a cue because uh, the deliverable for smaller countries might just be to make one uh, bold declaration or stick it to the United States or something like that. But for the United States, it's real. It's got to be a place where resources are committed and, and there's some things that are that are initiated that are actually going to make a difference. And for this administration, that is um, geared to the to the American middle class. It's really a, a foreign policy that tries to, to deliver for, uh, for middle America. So you've got this opportunity to showcase certain uh, issues and to, to draw attention to different things. But a couple of the deliverables that I thought were <clears throat> noteworthy and, and kind of looking at this in the context of previous uh, summits there was the launch of a center for media integrity it's a small initiative but it was done with the uh, the OAS uh, which will be a hub to promote uh, and support independent non-interest affiliated journalism so uh, again a small but a kind of a potent uh, symbol about journalism uh, the big one was the the uh, Los Angeles declaration on migration and this had a number of things that were noteworthy um, there was a number of country commitments that were made um, but it was an acknowledgement that it's not just a u.s issue it's truly regional and that's the you know the the force of the Venezuelan migration crisis is that's hitting countries that you know not not migrants trying to come to the United States they're they're getting stuck in Colombia Peru Chile across the hemisphere um, and it was key to how people migrate <clears throat> and kind of a reminder that that the, act, the very act of migration just leaves people vulnerable. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so there was this effort to try to, to build in some new programs that would be <clears throat> helpful in that regard. There was a, a guest worker program that was announced. There's a special focus on uh, Northern Central America and Haiti. Middle-income countries um, did not get a pass. There's there things that they can do better announcement of more uh, refugees from the, the hemisphere being <clears throat> allowed into the United States and then strengthening societies at home. That's always one of the key things. But that was done uh, creatively, I think, through mobilizing more fundi- funding through the Inter-American uh, Development Banks. Uh, $3.2 billion was not announced, but was affirmed in private sector funding, which is much more impactful and resilient than, than just U.S. assistance. So anyway, the migration thing, I think, had enough uh, meat on the bones there to to look at it in a a good context. And then there was another number of other documents, an action plan on health and resilience, uh, regional agenda for digital transformation, energy transition, a green future, and then democratic governance. So a number of things that were, again, draw attention to certain things, put some resources behind them, and hopefully pull together uh, some new initiatives. Uh, Keith, what kind of issues were left off the table? What did they omit? Well, the thing that that is uh, that some people note is, and it's not really the place of these summits to do this, but there's there's obviously the the real compelling crises, uh, Venezuela and Haiti, I think, are the two that that come to mind, and these are almost n- never addressed in a summit like this. But those are kind of left alone. So that's the you know the real crises that uh, that kind of require attention. Those have to be done in another forum. There's a there's longer term issues that I think were I don't know if I'd say left off the table, but they're, and they were behind a lot of this. But there's, again, this question of the socioeconomic transformation that is in play and that COVID uh, kind of made acute. It kind of, it it made it more urgent and also drew attention to it. But this question of how to retain the positive macroeconomic framework that came out of neoliberalism of the past uh, 20 or 30 years while delivering for citizens. And there was a, a couple of noteworthy, Interventions. I thought uh, President Boric from uh, from Chile was very, um, I think, strong and compelling, if you will, in in this regard. He was raising some of these these harder issues uh, for the region. The other thing that that was it was there. Um, it's not something again that could be solved, but uh, the question of dialogue. Uh, citizens in the hemisphere are just hungry to dialogue with their governments, and I think they're mm. often feeling shut out, which is part of what's leading to some of these uh, these wild mood swings electorally, and then dialogue between governments. And this is something that the summit showcases um, that there's not really the architecture um, for doing that. The OAS is not really where that happens. The summit happens every three years, and we kind of scramble to make it work. But what is the the mechanism that we have for for dialogue? And, and um, former Obama official uh, Dan Restrepo recommended maybe something Subregional, maybe we need sub-regional fora that would be more more uh more uh effective there and then the persistence of migration um that can be solved but not managed that was always uh, in the in the foreground of, of of what was going on um there was the challenge of addressing climate um amidst unmet unmet basic needs and that's mm. one of the things that the hemisphere really struggles with is you can't just you know drive forward a climate agendas that are going to further impoverished people and then the one the other thing that I would just note is trade used to be a real big part of these and uh, and it's not anymore. so I think between the you know the things that went on in the in the last administration with regards to trade and we haven't quite found our footing on that yet but that used to be a real driver of, of economic prosperity for us and of cohesion trade is, is something that was not really uh, prominent in uh, in this uh, gathering. Really great recap. Keith Mines, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Julie. Good to be here. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.